0: I'm Matt Bergman, and you are listening to the Punk Rock Libertarians Podcast, episode 273. I'm here tonight with Jared Schneiderman. Hey, everybody. Damon Hudak. Hello, hello. James Babb. Hello. And special guest, Derek J. Freeman. Hi. Hey, hey, Derek. Dude, we're like so excited that, that you you came on. Um I, I I just think the world of you. You know, I love your activism. Um, Specifically, I was just blown away by uh, Derek J's victimless crime spree. And for people who don't know what that is, that's it's about an hour and a half long movie that Derek J made, um, just basically about him like breaking all these like stupid laws, you know, victimless crimes, and uh, you know, just documenting like uh, how he had to deal with it. And uh, yeah, I just think it's it's a very powerful piece of uh, activism.
1: Well, thank you. You're very kind. Um, people can watch the video. It's free on YouTube, victimlesscrimesfree.com. Like, uh, it's like it, a mix it, of hilarity uh, and horror, uh, like all <laughs> in one. Like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, it's also kind of a time capsule of the activism that was happening in New Hampshire, the Free State Project in, you know, I would say 2011 to 2012. That whole year was a really serious year. Cop Block of copblock.org. I know you just had a demo Freeman on um On 420. That was a terrific episode. (laughs) Thank you. And um, he was really active at that time. And um, in fact, uh, I think my first arrest was at the time when he was being arrested for filming Judge Burke. So he was just going through that story of how he was asking a judge some questions about it um, wearing a hat in court. And uh, I was handing out pamphlets downstairs, completely unrelated. I was handing out "Don't take the plea deal" flyers. Um, some people may know about this concept, where a lot of people are charged with like crimes. They're they're, n- but they're not real crimes. It's um, things like um, jaywalking or or something where you, you're not endangering anyone, you're not causing any victims, no one's being harmed, um, or public drinking or um, you know under- sort of under- drug dress- party. Yeah, yeah like Obsession. lots of things. Yeah, but people, like, they never take those things to, to uh, court. They usually just take a plea deal, which is where they, they, the government says, wow, um, Matt, you've been a bad boy, and you could go to jail for a year. Oh. Um, you know, so <laughs> why don't you just do the right thing and plead guilty to this non-crime, and, um, you know, we'll just take 100 bucks from you and we'll call it a day.
2: Save everybody a little bit of trouble.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Just pay a little bit of money. We'll make it all go away. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, my theory was if more people took uh, um, the tickets and their charges to trial, then it would sort of force the justice system to reflect on what they're doing and say like, well, maybe we don't want to ticket all these people for these non-crimes uh, because it it's, raises it's their cost. It raises yeah.
3: their cost to, to, to prey on people basically.
1: Yeah, it's just right. not worth the trouble. Right. But it was a big mistake. It's the wrong way to go. Um, in my uh, opinion now, okay, in retrospect. Yeah. Because it's focusing on other people. It's trying to make other people do something. And that's really, As libertarians, uh, I think we should be focusing on ourselves and what we can do as individuals to empower ourselves and do the right thing. You know, like I have no control over other people and the decisions they make. And really, it's a fruitless effort. And it gave me a lot of anger and sadness because here I am saying like, well, I'm doing this. I'm throwing myself against the wall. I'm getting hurt and no one else is joining in. If if other people would just do it, we just need a few more people to do it. And then but no, they're not there. They're not I, there. I think, they're not going to. be I always there.
3: thought a better message would be consider not taking the plea, you know, consider it. And what I also want to do is if somebody's not taking the plea, you know, maybe we can back them up with some jury nullification pamphleting outside. If I hear about somebody that's going to go that route, you know, what, what you know, then, then maybe we can support them. But having taken a plea myself, I've never been in a position where I could tell anyone to take a plea everyone i know that's taken a plea really didn't have any choice it was the it was a mathematical calculation and you know when you're when you're gambling on years years of your life in a cage it's extremely risky so you know? what
1: what's supposed to happen if a person who's who's being interviewed on this show gets a work call at this time cuz i just had two calls it seems like it might be an emergency i think i have to go take
0: it no yeah if you have to take it you can just come back man I mean we understand (laughs) we'll
3: we'll talk about you in the meantime if that's okay (laughs) okay here's what I'll do as are um,
2: you an essential employee we gotta we gotta see if it's if (laughs) if it's really important how
1: essential are you there Derek (laughs)
0: No, seriously take the call dude take the call here's
1: what I'll do I'll put on victimless crime spree (laughs) (laughs) okay okay sounds good all right well do you do we wanna go ahead
3: well, I was going to say, Derek. Uh, yeah, he was mentioning that period in in Keen of the activism that we were discussing with with the demo the other day. Um, that was a pretty exciting time, I have to say. These those guys were um, inspiring people all over the country. Uh, with the 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 stuff in the victimless crime spree is so good because, um, I mean, some of it's silly. You know, it's like it's 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 taunting them to arrest you, smoking pot in front of them. And then just treating them correctly. Like if a stranger like was going to get in your face because you were smoking weed in the park, like that wouldn't be acceptable. So uh, just the way he approaches these situations with sort of um, some grace and humor, uh, I, I think is very effective. So uh
0: yeah. Like I thought of it as powerful activism. I think it's the kind of movie you should, you should probably show your grandparents, you know, but I mean, seriously, cause I mean like he's treated like just horrible by agents of the state for doing, you know, things that shouldn't uh, require any violence, you know,
3: looks like he's back Dude, put it us. back on in your background, Derek. That's awesome.
1: Oh, you, you just you let prefer it, that as the, as the, as the, prefer the movie. Yeah. If that's okay, yeah, that. just yeah. go yeah. for it.
0: I i not a writer um, though.
1: Huh? What's that?
0: I said I love the Red Rider.
1: Thank you. You recognize it? Well done. Yeah, man. man. Yeah, dude. Uh, is that the BB gun? Yes.
0: yes. Yes, it's the I'll shoot. your shoot your eye out gun.
1: Yeah. So this is a scene from the. Uh, I think it's a, an interview from the fifties on television with Aldous Huxley. Author Some may be listening
3: world. to audio only, so they won't have the benefit of the video. But uh, oh yeah, it's yeah, that's yeah, how a, most
1: most people get the podcast. Right. There, there's They're a familiar. video.
0: His uh, movie is playing behind him right now.
1: Yeah, for, for our listeners. What a great expression! Someone just said, "Was it you, Jared? Agents of the State?" Or was that uh, Matt? I think that was either Matt or James. <laughs> it wasn't me though.
4: I really
0: <laughs> yeah, like that. that was Matt. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Like, I'm a little blazed. I was like, was that me? (laughs) (laughs) It was was me. But
1: Yeah, yeah. so we were talking about uh, focusing on other people versus focusing on ourselves. Because Ademo was arrested while he was asking the the judge some questions. I was there handing out um, pamphlets for don't take the plea deal. And then I was up there going upstairs after he got arrested. I was asking the bailiff what happened. And he said to turn the camera off. And I was like, well, I can't do that. And um, so he, he arrested me there. And mm. I was, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't even a crime. This It's a very silly thing. I was arrested a bunch of times. What was the like one that. where you're on a
3: bicycle? Because to me, that yeah. was the, the the most hilarious moment where I like a cop is running after you on a bike and you're just like, get away from me.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, well, cutting to the chase, that's uh, the, the chase scene in Victimless Crime Free. And, chase
3: scene, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I am riding a bike home from the grocery store and um, a cop uh Finton P. Moore Jr. is his name. He um, saw me and uh, he had just arrested a friend of mine just minutes before he was uh, he should have been off the clock. He was in overtime. So he was just like having a day. And um, I didn't know all this while I was just riding my bike. But, you know, a a cop car comes over and it's got its lights on. It's, It's trying to pull me over on my bike. And I'm like, what? This this is not making sense. So I was like, I want to stay away from these people. My history with them is that they treat me pretty badly and they're they're violent. And um, so I wanted to get to safety and get to my friends. I was about two blocks from my house. So, you know, I was just riding home and, and um, he parked his car like up ahead and jammed his baton into my spokes and I went forward on my bike, fell onto oh, the... Uh, lawn of my neighbor's (laughs) yard. And by that time, my friends who lived in the Keen Activism Center had um, heard the sirens. They came out with video cameras. I mean, Coplock was in full swing at this time. So it was really fortuitous um, that they were there to capture that on video. Otherwise, there would be almost none. I had a, a wearable camera at that time. But I mean, you know, the technology in 2011, 2012 for wearable cameras, it was not
3: The best. Well, that's part of the horror. The horror part of the film, like it's, you know, the hilarity and the horror of, you know, really their their violence is, you know, is 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 on display. You know, that sucks. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it's pretty naked, but they, it's it's really great to be surrounded by the the good people. Um, it's so important to surround yourself with good people, right? Because if if this had just happened and I was alone. Um, I could be in jail today, you know, who knows? It, it could have been really bad. Uh, I was facing up to nine years by the end of the crime spree. So, wow. um, and this is that all just been... like petty crimes, just like non-violent oh, yeah. petty crimes, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I had, were, were drug like, offenses no... among them. Um, possession of 0.1 grams of, of marijuana oh, was, was one of them just possession. Yeah. Um, which is different from use in a legal sense. I was um, in a park at a 420 rally. There were a lot of people around. This is like a common occurrence in, in Keene, New Hampshire.
3: That's like a um, that's like a cop's special, you know, bad boy, you know,
0: <laughs>
1: point <yeah>. 0.1 gram. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that the, they uh, mentioned it out. Take the picks. It's funny, in the citation, they actually measured it out. It was um, interesting <laughs> to see. The cop, you know... We know each other we have a history in, in Keene, it's a small town and with these um activists they they've known about these guys for years so i knew jason short who sat down next to me and he was like i see the bowl in your hand like i know what you're about to do so and i said you know do you mind if i smoke and he said "Because you're a polite you know, person well yeah because that's what, would, that's what you that's what you would ask like right. if, if someone's next to you whether they're wearing a costume or not it's just nice to but ask that's how you know, two
3: normal humans interact with each other.
1: <laughs> right. Um, but then I forgot, you know, the important fact is that he is willing to do violence against me up to and including to the point of death if I were to resist. So mm. anyway, yeah, he arrested me. And uh, actually, he had two of his goons arrest me. I got the, the victimless crime spree movie here. Now, we can still uh, purchase that DVD. What about, uh, is there a download we can buy? or Sure, yeah, victimvictimlesscrimesfree.com. You can just download the whole thing for free. There's various different versions, behind-the-scenes footage. Um, there's director's cut interviews, uh, interviews with the um, producer, Ian Freeman, and the editor, Bo Davis. So there's a, there's a ton of content. If you want to dive in, the DVD is really special because it's actually got... Um, Like plus seven plus hours of extra footage (laughs) seriously um you know of all the videos that made up the movie and and all all the other activism that was going on i didn't realize there
3: was that much material included
1: we've filled every square inch of this dvd with uh, as much content as we could deliver i think it's it's 20 bucks online
0: so uh derek you're actually still living in new hampshire right
1: yeah, I live in a town called Portsmouth, which is on the seacoast region of New Hampshire, which was the best part. Um,
0: How far is yeah. that away from Keene?
1: On the complete other side. So, But New um, Hampshire is only
3: like 50 miles wide. So it's I mean, not.
1: Yeah, it's a <laughs> two hour drive. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. It's like
3: some parts of the world that would be like neighbors, you know?
0: Well,. Now, now, like in New Hampshire nowadays, because you were talking about like the heyday of, of uh, activism in, in New Hampshire, is, is there still Robin Hooding going on?
1: No, there was a really professional. Uh, that's a great question. Robin Hooding, for those who don't know, is where um, people who called themselves uh, Robin Hooders would go and bring nickels around the streets and follow the parking meter uh, person and like get right up ahead of them. Uh, as they're walking along the route and just plug each meter that's missing some time with a nickel, you know, and that's enough time that the meter person can't give them a ticket. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it saved. We estimated tens of thousands of dollars in tickets in the span of a year. Wow. And that was uh, about $40,000 worth. And that happens to be about the amount that one of these meter maids is paid salary (laughs) for the year. So it really cost them an entire job, and they did lay off one person. He, he quit. They couldn't replace him, so um, <laughs> That's
3: awesome. you know, it so, it seems did they so quit hopeless. because of the loss of revenue, or did they quit due to just the public shaming and the and the horrible working conditions?
1: So it was because of the shaming. The police uh, or the um, meter maid. It was a male meter maid. Uh, he was in <laughs> Iraq, and he was interviewed by the Colbert Report about um, this Robin Hooding event and the, the Free Keeners. And he was asked, you know, you were in Iraq and you've been a meter maid in Keen. Which one was worse? And he <laughs> answered that being a meter maid in Keen was actually worse than being in Iraq wow. in the army. Wow. So it, it was, was really a, bad for reason. him.
3: Yeah, because right in Iraq, he could just kick doors in. Nobody cared. You know, now he has to dance around and put up with bullshit from these Robin Hooders. Right. And because in the past, he could just shoot you. You know,
1: yeah, well, it's true. His name <laughs> is now Alan. they're
3: like, now I have to, you know, we got rules and stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, his name is Alan. And if anyone wants to look up the free keen squad, it's a really funny video produced by the Colbert Report that makes fun of the free keeners. Like we're definitely the butt of the joke. Of course. Is that, um, is that the one with, Can- that. That is that the one with Cantwell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. So he looked like an ass, <laughs> the, anyways. uh, The Robin Hooding is really cool. Now, it it got professional. It started out as just this one woman who was like, this is a cool idea. I think I've got time, walk around downtown. This is a nice day and some activism I can do. Save people. In the moment, like you're making a real difference because these are people who are about to be attacked by the state. They're about to be threatened. It might be a small, you know, $15 ticket. I think even it's $5 in um, Keene for a, a parking ticket. It's really nothing. But, um just the threat that they would take your car if you don't pay you know they're they're always an escalation um and and it's important for people to remember that it's not just a five dollars and you're done because that's what happens if you comply but what happens if you don't comply if you really just say no you're not really harming anyone but they are willing to harm you they're going to take your property they're going to take your car. If you try and get it back, they're right. going to hurt well, it's you. It's
3: unpleasant, and it's not really welcoming to people, to, to maybe visitors to the town that have come to shop. It's just an unpleasant experience that really nobody wants to have. But if I was a shopper in Keene, and and I would probably wouldn't even know, but I think maybe there were cards that they would leave as well to just let people know what they were doing if I saw that somebody had saved me from a ticket in a town I was visiting or a neighborhood I went to shop in, I'd be like, wow, that is, that's pretty solid. I'm going to, I want to shop here more often. To me, that is just wonderful community relations.
1: It was great. You know, a guy named James Cleveland, terrific activist who um, professionalized the effort. He said, you know, I think we've got something here. And he he made those, those calling cards that had a picture of, the um fox robin hood from the disney movie um and it looked really cute and said you've been saved by one of robin hood's merry men yeah um from the you know sheriff of nottingham whatever and um
3: my understanding is they were they are loved and adored for this work by the oh yeah by the people that they've helped which are countless
1: it still resonates today the activism of the robin hooding i mean you're asking about it still and also downtown in um Portsmouth which is you know complete other side of the state I've asked um about Robin Hooding and and those um the meter maid knew exactly what I was talking about so So, word travels
0: (laughs) so like how did it come to the to a stop did people just like stop Robin Hooding or did the state like say hey guys if you do this we're gonna crack down the law on you
3: so How it was mad one did guy. they get? Because we haven't even discussed the town's response. Like, oh my god! I, I it mean, was like, let's just remember that what you're really doing is preventing crimes from happening. You're paying yeah. the meter, which is supposedly what they want—is money in the meter for people parking—and you're working, walking around, making sure everybody's paid
1: up. Yeah. Okay. It's presumably what they want, but really okay, what but they know it's, the,
3: but, but yet uh, somehow it's not what they want because you're denying them the opportunity to, to, to penalize people through this tax, which basically just goes into paying the salary of somebody to go around and do this. Like as a self generating, self propagating, what?
0: It's a Paul like, Friedman wet dream.
3: You know, if we just don't do their job, you don't actually need the money. So what are you really doing here? Like,
4: it,
1: Well, what James did, James Cleveland, that is, um, is he put his own money out to buy these calling cards to say, here, we, um, this is our address if you want to support what we're doing. And people would come and drop off rolls of nickels. And so this actually became a profitable venture where the people who were Robin Hooding were able to get paid full time for walking around on the streets, the same as the meter made, all on donations. The, the townspeople and people from neighboring areas who supported the effort would just give money to um, yeah, PayPal, and um, <laughs> wow. it, it was a really good um, a- form of activism. And I think the only reason that it stopped was because James Cleveland went away, and the you know sometimes it takes a person to head up an effort and organize. Um, he was the one taking the money in and then paying the people and providing the nickels and just making sure that everything runs smoothly. So that doesn't continue anymore.
3: Well, other people can pick it up at any time. they've They've sure. laid out the the a blueprint. Philly unfortunately, is all kiosks, and that seems to be the trend. it's It's more difficult to to do that. However, in Ardmore, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. they actually have a button that gives you like ten your first ten minutes is free.
1: Oh, that's So you nice. just
3: all you have to do is walk by and you if you see one red, you just press the button like it's the easiest. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know if anybody else, you know, but I'm always like looking just, you know, if I see one that's red because they do come around and ticket it there.
1: So. It's one of the easiest forms of activism you can do. And it's universally beloved. Anyone right or left or anything else is going to say. You know, good on you. Thanks for saving someone from a ticket. Because everyone's been there. We don't like it, and we know it's pointless. It's stupid, but it's too small a deal to make a big issue of. So it's just it continues until the state dies.
0: So, like uh, nowadays, don't you have like you have like a cryptocurrency store going? Correct.
1: Wait, wait, hold on a second.
3: We didn't get you didn't mention what what they did in response to to this this, because this is a
1: demo's video, by the way. This is uh, a demo being arrested. Oh yeah. Yeah. If, but anyway, um, uh, what did they do in response? Well, they they had, didn't they 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 they
3: they, uh, they there was a lawsuit and they appealed it and they kept fighting and they had they spent like how much what? One hundred thousand dollars or more uh, trying least, to stop the Robin Hooders. They spent well, first a huge of all, effort.
1: They hired a private investigator, one of the former um, police uh, in Keene to um, walk around incognito and film the Robin Hooders. So that was at their expense. I think he was like $50 an hour or something. Um, Then, you know, so he's doing that and he doesn't get any useful footage, right? Like all the footage he gets that they show in court is just people being friendly and feeding meters and not harming anyone. So it was really stupid. So then um, they hired a a super attorney. Like they didn't use the city attorney. They hired a private law firm uh, that they brought in the big guns and that was it the of over a hundred thousand dollars and they charged um seven of them not uh with a criminal offense but a civil offense so if there were actually a crime they could have just said oh you know you're harassing people that's a crime you're being charged with harassment right they didn't do that
3: that would be a crime but no they weren't doing any of that
1: yeah so there were seven or eight of them who were um you know known as the robin hooders Fortunately, I didn't get wrapped up in that one. So,
3: but <laughs> they, lucky. so there, but then, um, the activists won, right? right. And then, but then the city didn't stop there. The city could have been like, oh, shucks, you know, but no, no, they kept going. Right.
1: Yeah. They and appealed. Uh, they it. appealed. Yeah. <laughs> and they like, lost again. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty embarrassing. I think it was, they, they first took it, I guess, I, I don't know the exact details, but it, it was something like that. They appealed, they lost, and it was very expensive and embarrassing. And then they really lost in the court of public opinion. I mean, because as all of this is happening. The townspeople are reading the news in the paper like, you mean you're taking those Robin Hooders, the guys who save us from tickets, you're taking them to the court, like, and you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars of our money to do it? Like, stop. And they you just, lost, but, and you did you know it again. What?
3: I, I, they just can't stand a challenge to their authority. It wasn't right. the money. It wasn't the parking. It wasn't anything to them except we're in charge here. We 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 decide that. You know, like we tell them what they do. You know, and when somebody kind of like challenged that relationship, they're like they reacted defensively.
1: Yeah. So, so good, for I hear the,
3: that- good for everybody involved there.
1: I occasionally hear from Ian that he, you know, went around with some nickels and plugged some meters, you know, just on a walk. Um, but it's it, oh, nothing awesome. at the organized level that it used to be. It was a full-time gig. For every hour that the meters maids were on, there was someone following them and, and making sure that no no tickets got written. And that went on for months. Um Good
2: stuff. Yeah, is there still? Is there still? I remember this this is back in like I think you were saying around twenty twelve ish, twenty eleven around there. Is there in Keene specifically? There was a lot of that um, that activism kind of centered around. Is it? Is Keene still sort of like a a a center for that sort of thing, or is it? um, Has it moved on? I haven't been keeping up with um, with the Free State Project for a while.
1: It is. Um, Keen is like a college. You know, there's people who go in for a period of time, you do your activism, and then you graduate out and you leave. Um, Okay, so you're a graduate
2: now. You're a graduate of the Keene School of Activism, is
1: that right?
3: He's an alumni, (laughs) yeah, or um, (laughs) professor emeritus, or what? I forget what the what it would be.
1: Something like that, but uh, yeah, activism. very much still continues in Keene. And it's the subject of hot contention among Free State Project participants because of its um, extreme nature. They're so consistently (laughs) extreme with... um, their principled stances on even the smallest things that it drives a lot of libertarians crazy who just want a normal libertarian life. Like, I'm just going to move to New Hampshire and vote Republican. You know, that's my activism. Yeah, I think Stop making us look crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they, they did that uh, every night. They're having nightcaps in Keene where they're illegally congregating more than 10 people, and smoking pot and drinking beer and having parties out in the central square, which you can see behind me. Um, you know, just for fun and to just make sure that the agents of the state know people aren't just going to blindly obey every order. You know, if you tell them they're not allowed to do something, there is going to be a group of people who says, oh, really? Watch me. So... I'm glad there are people out there who are like that, but that's not me anymore.
3: Yeah, it's it can be tiring and risky and uh, you know exhausting over a, a long period.
1: I think it's also not very effective.
3: Well, it depends on what what the goal is. I mean, I think I think there's uh, like the the victimless crime spree and all that stuff. You know, really, uh, you know, it's it's part of it's documenting history. It's 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 showing people that you can say no. It's uh, you know, and I I really value that. But I'm also really intrigued by you know what's come after that sort of the the crypto uh, agorism that's that's become big and keen, and also in Portsmouth. Um, and to me, I feel that that really that's where you've come into your stride um, is with what you've accomplished in Portsmouth.
1: Yeah. So. I am the president of a software company now, and we make an app that makes it easy to accept Bitcoin. And so, so and a lot of businesses... Yeah,
3: that, that's the AnyPay app, right? Yes, so, that's AnyPay.
1: Um, which
3: um, I've seen it in use in, in Portsmouth. What is the... Can you give us an update on, on uh, you know, you got a lot of businesses to accept crypto in Portsmouth, and... How has that been going? Is that continuing? Are they still accepting crypto? Um, what's the what's the status down there?
1: Yeah, so it's really cool. Um, AnyPay believes in, in making payments magic. And so it's got to be better than what currently exists. It can't mm-hmm. just be like, let's replace one with another. And, uh, okay, we're going to use this um, magic internet money instead of, mm-hmm. um, you know, magic printer money. So... Now that the businesses have this social distancing and they're closed down or they have to do orders, uh, it used to be that you would scan a QR code. Well, now it's possible, thanks to AnyPay, to pay with Bitcoin from a distance uh, just using your phone. So you don't need to bother the register person. Um, you could just pay and they get the payment right away. It's direct uh, right from the customer to the merchant. So it's non-custodial. You mean for like an online transaction? Yeah, or just... Um, Say, I want some broccoli from the health food store down the street. You know, okay. I can I can call and place my order, say, I want some broccoli. Hey, uh, you know, I'm going to pick it up or will you deliver it here? And then I can open up my phone. It will geolocate whether I'm outside or in the town. I can just choose that store, type in how much I owe, send payment, and they receive it.
3: It's you, called, so you're not even in person? It so, doesn't uh, have, have to, to be, no. Okay. But it could be really convenient for for curbside pickup just for a, a no-contact
1: scanning QR codes, uh, right? For curbside pickup, it's great. But really what I love is, I, I don't know if you guys are the same way, but at a restaurant, when I'm finished my meal, I've had my drinks, I'm not ready to order something else, I just want to go, sometimes you get held hostage by the yeah. server who's like, eh, you know, I'll come around to you when I feel like it. And you're like waiting around, okay, can we go now, like... I hate being held hostage. I just want to slap my money on the table and get out of there. Yep. So with cash, it's really easy. You just lay it on the table and walk out. It should be like that with digital cash. And now it is because with any pay, you can just make your payment. Say you're at Murphy's tap room, type in how much you owe plus a tip, send it and walk away. And they've, they've got it in their register already. So, and they get notification that they've been paid, get an email, text message, whatever you want.
3: Right. And, you know, because for so long we were trying to get merchants to accept crypto, but it wasn't very easy. Right. And that, that burden, you you know, at, a, at a, even just say a bar, if you want a bar to accept crypto, you know, you got to train everybody, all the staff. You need to have the accounting worked out. You need to have the back end, the, the, the waiters, like everybody has to be on board. So to make a change and implement a new thing, it's got to be simple and quick and easily uh you know and you know what i like about any pay is uh you know the screen flashes green like you're done you know oh it's yeah like um the merchant boom sees it the you know the uh the spender we, we all see it boom you know it's like um quick it's it's very easy and, it's and how many be different better. currencies uh does it support now
1: Fewer than ever. Actually, we've removed some because they're useless, but we'll we'll add some back. It's just okay. We respond to customer demand, you know. So whatever people want to use. What we'll are support. people using now? The most common coin on AnyPay is Dash by far, okay. and it has been that way since the beginning. It was the first coin that AnyPay um, supported because BitPay was already around supporting. BTC and we needed another option because BTC was pretty broken. I don't know. Do you guys well, use Bitcoin at all? Do you have any experience? It's very difficult. That? I've had very few opportunities to
0: just a hobby. Yeah. Away.
1: So this is the guy he's arresting me. So <laughs> the cop. Yeah. It's like he doesn't want to do the dirty work. He tells the, those ladies to go. arrest me. That's anyway. Um, yeah. The coolest thing about any pay right now. The thing I'm jazzed about is, is what we call grab and go. It's where. I go to this juice place and they've got juices in the fridge and they've always got a line out the door, which sucks because you want a juice, it's right there, you grab it. And now you got to wait in a line for 10 minutes, like, give me a break. I just want to go and walk away. So they've got QR codes next to the juices and now standard QR codes with Bitcoin, they have an amount pre-filled in. So as Bitcoin's price goes up and down, you might be t- paying 12 bucks for a juice, you might be paying... Five. Oh right, you you couldn't put up a QR code representing
3: um, a Federal Reserve note value, right? It would have to be a specific Bitcoin value. So, right.
1: Or you would have to trust if it was a blank QR code that the customer was going to pay you a full ten dollars and not and, one and, cent and get it right every time and not screw it up. You right. know. So. So with grab and go, you scan a QR code. It doesn't matter which coin you want to pay with. Doesn't matter which wallet you've got. You scan this QR code. It brings up the item that you're buying, the amount that it costs in dollars. It uh, you you swipe to pay, and you walk out the door. The register they get a notification that they've uh, just sold a green juice, and you know they could just add it right into their register, and uh, it all integrates with Square. So any item that you have in your Square um, point of sale you can put a Bitcoin dash Bitcoin cash QR code for right on. Yeah. It's super easy. And the the cashiers love it. Like I, not that I don't want to, I want more human interactions. You know, I don't want to be like paper or plastic. Do you want fries with that? Like it's, I want, how are you doing? How's your life? Are you listening to good music? What's going on? Like, have you been, (laughs) been to any good parties? Like that's the conversation I want to have with people. Not, like, oh, that'll be eight fifty that that right, robots and make, can do change.
3: And yeah, all that mundane stuff that, that.
1: Yeah. So I originally was afraid that cashiers were going to be like, oh no, my job is going away. But the cashiers, they love grab and go because first of all, I don't want a big line of people to ring out and, and second, they just get a ding notification. We've been paid. They're like, that's so cool. You didn't even like you're, have to you're allowing
3: up. them to service more customers basically you're not taking them out of the equation you're just multiplying their power right their ability to serve and provide better service for their clients which means more money for them more convenience for customers you know yeah
1: <laughs> <good> <laughs> the owner loves it I mean because the money goes direct from the customer to his wallet so that's the other cool thing with like Other kind of payments, you have to wait or if you use Stripe, you know, the money goes into a Stripe account and then you got to pull it out into your bank account. But with any pay, if you're a business owner and you're accepting Bitcoin to change, 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 every customer. Do you find the business owners
3: are converting to, to fiat and paying their bills right away or most like, yeah, I think I'll hang on to this and developing their own crypto reserves or possibly paying employees with crypto or their vendors. Um, I'd like to see if there's a like a, a next level, you know, like spilling over from that.
1: Well, there's no way to know for sure what merchants are doing with the coins once they receive them. But just from our interactions, it seems like about 90 percent of the Merchants who use AnyPay actually keep the coins and use them to either pay employees or buy marketing materials. Um, one yoga studio in my town went to overstock.com and refurnished their entire studio using the Bitcoin that they got from customers. And that's wow. the loop that I want to see, you know, where we're actually using it as money. They're getting customers paying them, then they turn around and use it as money. That's right. the
3: If everybody's busy converting back to dollars, it's just uh, it's just another kind of PayPal at that point. Right. So why do that? Um, well, you might have to like, I mean, if you're a sure. business and you're like, well, I, I, I got to pay my you know, I got to pay my Cisco frozen food bill and they don't accept crypto. You're going to be converting. Right. Or my employees don't want it. But um, I'd like to see eventually, you know, as people get more accustomed to it. Uh, that that becomes easier and easier because I mean that that's the community I do want to see grow as well so wait is that Burke behind you in this on the screen right now yeah there he is that's the judge that that, who hates hats and uh (laughs) you know Ian kind of treats him with half respect I think but I always thought this guy's like a total monster but I Ian i've never had any direct zen. interaction with him i mean what do you
1: what would you say about about him um th- I, well i would say that he is not a bad guy he's a normal human being but in that position of power in that courtroom he can do some really evil stuff and there's that expression that power corrupts and i i I'd like to think, you know, that I'm so moral that I'd be exempt from that, but I I don't know. I think that it's just uh, something that we have to n- be cognizant of and stay away from uh, putting ourselves into position of power over other people in that way. But
3: wasn't he it the one that lied at, about the you know then sent Ademo to to jail and because he made up a story about um, threatening him in the stairwell? Like, yeah how do you yeah. be How do you be like he's a nice guy? But he frames people and sends them to jail when he gets his feelings hurt.
1: I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's projection. But I, I think everyone's nice. You know,
3: you, maybe you have a, a ability to see the best in people.
1: I'd like to. You know, I think you get to wear whatever kind of um, glasses you want in this life. And I choose rosy colored. It's just more fun. Right on. Yeah, no doubt,
0: oh, man. No doubt. Yeah.
1: So. So what's going on currently? Hmm. Let's see. I, I've took some notes. Let me see. Uh, let me make sure I hit all my good points. Hey, You know, before we um, went on the air, you guys mentioned that you had met at Porkfest X, which was 2013. Man, that was awesome. 2013's Porkfest was really good. Did you yeah. go to Eric Voorhees's party? I think he had a he had like a <laughs> A party that he he spun at. Did you go? You're laughing, Damon. Well,
2: I will. <laughs> one of my big memories from that pork fest is I actually I won a bitcoin off of Eric Voorhees gambling.
1: <laughs> no way. Yeah.
2: I had I made up some goofy ass uh, gambling game, and at the time Bitcoin was like 102, 103 dollars a piece, and he was there. I was like, all right, we'll play this game. I'll bet a bitcoin against you, and and I won. So now I can, you know, it's a good story. He, on, a guy. Uh, he I think he was still running Satoshi Dice then, and then he went on to uh, obviously do the um the cryptocurrency exchange. I forget the name of it right now.
1: Shapeshift.
2: Yeah, shapeshift. He which he wound up having to neuter that, I guess, for that, because it was uh um you know, getting around uh, money money laundering laws or stuff like that. But it was great while it lasted, the Shapeshift. I'm not sure what he's up to now.
3: And right for those that don't know, Shapeshift was a really interesting, and it, I guess it still is interesting, but it's not. I guess it's it's a little more like know your customer and whatnot now. But yeah, you could exchange basically any crypto for any crypto there. Um, you still yeah, can. It was completely, all, it was but all it was completely money. anonymous at that time. Like yeah,
2: you uh, didn't have to give your name. You would go through that, hit it with the VPN, so your uh, your your um, uh, IP address is hidden. And you would just, you know, send Bitcoin to a certain address and tell it you wanted whatever other cryptocurrency to come back out of it. And uh, it
0: would- so, so it was like a crypto laundering service? Uh, not exactly. No. <laughs>
2: it was more of an exchange. It was just I mean, a way go to go if you go to Monero and then back out of Monero or one of those privacy centric ones, then I guess it is kind of a laundry.
1: So it wasn't like a Tumblr, like what they call no. a crypto Tumblr? No, it was not designed to be that. Um, it was just a way to get the coins you want. You know, so say means you could accept any coin and end up with any coin. Yeah. And you could even set permanent addresses. So um, it was really cool in the day when they were a little more free uh, because you could say, accept 20 different coins and have them all convert into one into your wallet. So that was kind of nice.
3: Plus, There was some really exceptional design work that went into that where it was designed to protect people's currency from hackers internally right he was very aware you know of the the possibility of you know hacks or or vulnerabilities but my understanding was it was very careful to make sure that he was never like holding on to anybody's currency in a way that would create a vulnerability like at his end um you know and pretty smart and I think he did have I wish I could remember the exact details. I think there was like an internal theft where the stuff in the hot wallets was compromised. Um, however, um, you know, it never affected customers, right? Because he was able to minimize it and cover, you know, like, um, you know, his his foresight had prevented it from becoming, you know, like a Mt. Gox or, you know, I don't know, um, mm-hmm. I wish I could remember more of the specific details. I we'll have to. He should come on the show and tell us that story because it's a freaking great one.
2: <laughs> yeah, that would idea. be awesome. Why don't you get Eric Voorhees on the show, there, Matt?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, uh, dude, I, I would uh, not be opposed to that. Now, um, uh, Derek, um, one of the reasons uh, that I had uh, Damon on tonight is because like Damon has an idea of kind of like making his own little movie or like documentary. All like, right. What, <laughs> yeah, right. So now it sounds like, are you, are you kind of like, uh, are you saying it's not a good thing now or?
1: <laughs> well, it depends. What's your idea? Oh, well.
0: <laughs> no, I was, I was just joking around. I, I know he's not saying that's not a good thing. But, uh, yeah, tell me, tell me your idea, Damon.
1: Uh, well,
2: i basically, I'm getting stir crazy with my, um, getting stuck at home. I only get to see a handful of people, actually, even less than that. So I've been, uh, as I've been stuck with this uh, this coronavirus, you know, we're, I'm in New York State, so we have pretty strict uh, r- rules about, you know, you're not allowed <laughs> to go out and leave. Can I
1: stop you there? Why are you in New York State?
2: <laughs> uh, f- I got a lot of reasons. It's, none of them are that interesting for a, <laughs> for a. Podcast. Why don't you leave? Uh, what's that? Why don't I gates
0: le- are open? Huh? He said, well, "Why don't you leave?"
2: I kind of have roots here you know i got a lot of people i run an arts collective here i got a lot of stuff you know people counting on me so i don't know why don't i leave i ask myself that sometimes <laughs> if Sounds i didn't have cool. the Meadow arts collective i probably would but anyhow so I'm tell New us York about right tell now. us
0: about your uh your uh documentary man
2: so, well, I just got the idea. I was, you know, the other day I was like, fuck it. Gasoline's cheap as hell. I should go to, uh, I should go to Utah. Utah is beautiful. Just take a road trip to Utah. Um, and it's cause we're living in like a weird situation where just going on a road trip is sort of an act of civil disobedience. It'll get a lot of people all bent out of shape and get their panties in a twist, you know, kind of like wearing a hat in court or something. But, um, to me, that's kind of fascinating that, that idea. And, uh, also, just to like set an example that yeah, you could still do these things. You know, you don't have to live your life in fear. You could go drive to Utah; it's not going to hurt anyone. <laughs> you know, cops won't really necessarily leave you alone. I think Derek, you, you could correct me if I'm wrong. You were kind of expecting to get martyred during your uh, your victimless crime spree, right?
1: No, I was uh, expecting to just live my life. I was uh, really? expecting that I could just do normal human behavior and not be molested for it and um i was very naive
2: okay (laughs) okay yeah i guess um all right yeah i'm not that naive but i just i'm not trying to get you know arrested or anything but i think it's kind of fun you know it'd be fun to get stopped by some cops and talk your way out of the traffic stop no no it's not fun (laughs) i
1: would avoid that
2: (laughs) I'm a little cocky I've done it enough times at this point that it's like I guess I'm a little cocky but every now and then it
3: Listen, me. in this world that we live in you're you're gonna have enough police encounters without going looking for them
4: oh, yeah. so just,
3: just be ready for when when they arrive and just live your life normally and oh they'll 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 appear no serious doubt. serious
1: question for you Damon is it like an sm thing like where you get sort of a thrill out of these interactions <sighs>
2: I, not really an S <laughs> M <S&M> thing.
1: <laughs> but you know what I mean, where you're like, I'm in danger. It's risky. I'm I'm poking the bear like something bad <laughs> you know, might happen. Yeah,
2: I do, I do, yeah. That it's it's sort of thrilling, especially if I think I'm like a step ahead of them and can outsmart them or like not get popped for it. Yeah, sure. Getting away with stuff, yeah, that's that's a little bit thrilling.
1: Well, uh do you have any videos on YouTube yet? Um that I with the police and stuff. Yeah.
2: No, I'm, I'm old. I'm an old man now. I haven't really, I haven't dealt with cops in a while at this
1: point. Um, Are you afraid it might be worse than you remember?
2: Yeah. I got more to lose now too than when I was like 20 years old and didn't have any money or anything. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, Dustin and stuff like that. Like that was,
1: what about family? Do you have a family that you would be responsible for if, you got locked up
2: no not really
1: because that's a big calculation a lot of people once they've got um something to live for they are like
3: plus your (laughs) artist collective might be a good support base that could you know could rally support for you while you're in jail which which would be nice to have if you end up there i'm not suggesting
1: that but if you did a support base could be very important Uh, james i don't think so i think that's it's really taxing like Why put reserves to work on something unnecessary? I I didn't.
3: Right. I said it's not I'm not advising it. But if you ended up there, right, to have no support, right, versus having support, I think, would you say that would make a difference? Or would you rather just not be a burden to anybody, any of your friends and just tough it out on your own?
2: I mean, obviously I'd rather not be a burden. I don't honestly, what, what's the worst that can happen though. If I go to Utah, like are they actually arresting people? How are these, these aren't even really laws. Are they, you know, Well it depends on what you're doing. I'm just going to Utah. I want to go see some, take some pictures and uh you You'll know, probably be fine scenery, you know,
3: but if you start camping on BLM land, you're going to have an encounter. Yeah, maybe. Now that, what? How that encounter goes could vary from oh, you're okay. You're you're a full time camper. You're fine to be here. No problem. Oh, oh, where are you from? New York? Oh, is that New York license plate? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, I thought Hold about on. that actually. <laughs> right, like you know, you don't. I don't know what kind of greeting you'll receive, but you will receive a greeting.
0: Actually, James B- Bab said he'll let you switch uh, license plates with him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: If you could get a local, you know, get some like a local renter car, rent a car locally or something, you know, blend in. If if you want to avoid encounters, that might help. I don't know.
1: Well, Damon, I can relate. I think we're all going a little stir crazy where we're at, no matter how free or not um, relatively we are during this quarantine. And I would strongly encourage you to find a, a productive outlet for your um, anxiety uh, rather than endangering yourself and and then um, perhaps taxing others um, who need to help bail you out. You know, it's it's a net negative.
3: Doesn't mean you can't do a road trip without inviting uh, the badge class.
1: Yeah, I think that would be totally safe. I think it would be extremely possible to go out and enjoy yourself like a normal human being without attracting, um, a swarm of bees. Just, you might get one occasionally here and there. (laughs) Yeah. And it's good to be prepared. Do you have a dash cam? Uh, not yet. No, that would be a must have. Yeah. I was thinking about that. They're really good now.
0: At least a a shoe cam, you know, to get like some upskirt pics in the grocery store or something. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh that's just a joke. Just <laughs>
1: I feel some s- compulsion to speak out against that. I think that's no, wrong. Yeah,
0: you know, I think it's wrong too. I, it was just a joke. It was just okay. I know,
1: but I just I don't, I don't just have because a I'm present. I feel like I have to say. I think that's not good. I think we it's, all, it's, we all totally, not it's yeah. totally
0: not good. It's totally not good. I've been I've been drinking. I'm just making jokes. All
1: right, no suit
3: cams. Man. <laughs> Dash cams only. Dash cam definitely, and they're pretty inexpensive now. So.
1: Yeah, um, and they're really good. You can get front, back, um, I recommend them for everyone. You, you know, you, you're most likely to encounter police while you're on the road. Yeah. And for less than a hundred bucks, you can get a camera that's as easy to install as putting two clips on your rear view mirror and you're good to go you plug it into your cigarette lighter and you're protected if it's then, it's no longer their word against yours you have an objective record that you can present to anybody um to really protect you even for just regular like traffic
3: accidents and stuff if somebody pulled out in front of you or somebody changed lanes on you and on a highway you're like you know he said she said
1: yeah a camera That's is going to help empowering. you out
3: a lot in those situations i love those russian videos where i guess every like it, where like there's a there's a sport where you like walk up to a car and you jump on their hood and i guess they have to pay you like have right. you seen those videos of people I doing have.
1: that yeah they, like they're, they, they're funny.
3: Sim- like you hit me but like the car was parked right but so everybody has a dash cam to protect themselves from this scam
2: good thing
0: so um, David, are, are you still thinking about doing this or have we talked you out of it?
2: Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm still thinking about doing it. I suppose I do just do going, to, going to Utah. Why not, man? Utah is beautiful. It's yeah. gorgeous. So,
0: And you're looking to find somebody crazy enough to do this with you, correct?
2: Yeah. I, I have a couple leads from mutual friends. So we'll see. Just someone to share the driving with and stuff.
0: So are you going to put this out there on the podcast as like an invite to see who's interested or not?
2: Uh, no, I don't think so.
0: No? Okay. Okay.
2: Do you have a girlfriend? She's uh she's an essential employee, so she's gotta stay here and do work.
1: What does she think about all this? She thinks it's cool. Hey. <laughs> she's pretty uh what do you want what do you say? She's
2: pretty anti authoritarian too. That's why we get along, I think.
1: I'll bet it turns her on.
2: I think you yeah, should take her does. with
1: you. <laughs> yeah. I think she should go with you. <laughs> yeah. I might get a little lonely. <laughs> I don't know. Pick up hitchhikers. And <laughs> share a cell.
2: <laughs> Someone to share a cell with. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, what else is good? You know, uh, Space Disco is something cool. Space Disco.com is something I'm involved with. The mission is we're going to space and we're bringing a disco naturally because it just has to be done uh there's a lot of people working on the whole space visitation space hotels space travel thing the choreography Um, alone
3: is gonna just it's a whole new field that has to be developed zero g (laughs) dance moves it's it's never even been conceived of before so you know good good job
1: well, we go on test flights every once in a while. And Saturdays at 8, there's always a live stream that people can listen to. And the genre of music is really called Space Disco. So SpaceDisco.com, you know, I'm always at these events and uh, they've been a lot of fun in the past. If you're into electronic house music, come tune in or just listen to one of the past recordings. When should we, When? when do, is the live Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's just cool. an hour broadcast, you know, some really hip music, uh, live mix. And um, there's audio, video. And then once the quarantine is over, you know, you can actually attend these things. So that's pretty cool. There's merch. I wonder how much it
3: costs to rent the Vomit Comet. Do you know that, that plane yeah, fi- I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, $5,000 a person. There's one in Portsmouth. And... Um, they're doing flights starting next year so which is a para- for those that don't know it's a parabolic
3: flight that simulates 0g inside the cabin so um
1: great for training for
2: 0g you say that's yeah. 5000 a person mhm
1: mm-hmm. and you get oh, wow. 3 runs at it you get 3 um dips so they go up and then down you get 0g feeling um and then they go up again and then you get to try again and then so three times hmm. I say it's a pretty good deal. I mean,
3: how many people do you need though to, to make it to get that $5,000 ticket price?
1: That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that one, but I don't imagine it could be too many people because I think it's a pretty small plane. You know, it probably it's totally
3: doable to me. Like, yeah. I'm I think this is this should be uh, something I would I want to see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm i yeah. It's fun and uh, it doesn't hurt anybody. Now, would
3: Steven be in charge of the choreography as the one with professional dance background or would this be a collaborative effort?
1: There's no one in charge of choreography. You move however the music moves you. In fact, um, I, I learned recently the importance like psychologically of dancing badly. So it's important. A lot of people, when they see dancing their initial reaction is to get up against the wall and find any excuse they can make to not be on the dance floor and not embarrass themselves. But I want to encourage people to resist that urge and instead embrace dancing badly and just do it because it feels really good. And I think that there's something essential to our humanity that I I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, but it, it's healthy, psychologically, emotionally, uh, physically. I think it it does good things for your body and your brain. And uh, don't be afraid of looking like a fool because for probably a hundred thousand years, humans have been dancing to drums and strings and horns. And that's why I joined the
3: band. So I wouldn't have to dance. Yeah, there's always (laughs) an
1: excuse, but resist that urge and and go out and make a fool of yourself and people are going to love it. They're going to be attracted to you. Okay. If people love a guy who's having a good time and it doesn't matter if you, if you're a bad dancer, it really doesn't.
3: I guess it's kind of like karaoke. You know, it's like the ones that really win the crowd over the ones that just put their heart into it. They might not be the best vocalists, but the ones that just go for the performance no matter what, right? Like they definitely win the crowd.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's why we all remember that guy, uh, Cam Ken or whatever, from American Idol with the bad auditions.
3: Yeah. I uh, don't remember that, but I never watched that, so there.
1: Yeah. Hey, guys, uh, we're running
0: out of time here. Um, we're going to take things over to uh, the after hours. Uh, Derek J., if you want to uh, hang out and join us over there, uh, we would love it if you're available.
1: Heck yes.
0: Fuck More yeah, freedom. dude. Now, uh, Derek J., what would you like to plug right now, like uh, before we leave, anything in particular?
1: Yeah, the most important thing for people to get from me right now is that you can increase freedom in your life today by downloading a free app called AnyPay. It lets you accept Bitcoin in a really simple, easy way.
0: Awesome. So AnyPay, and uh, like, uh, how about the the Free State Project? Any, any interest in plugging that or?
1: Sure, yeah, that's a really good idea cool, I'm
0: thinking get, like you're still in like uh, New Hampshire, so it seems to be working out pretty well for you, right?
1: Yeah, I don't uh, so the free State project has has passed its maturity. It's beyond we're beyond the free State project now and oh it's, okay. it has pretty much dissolved away as it was intended to do once it reached its goal. And now um, it's split into various different groups. So if you're a politico and you want to influence policy at the state level, you can become a state rep. If you're more interested in advancing freedom through trade like I am, you know you can connect with other people who are using Bitcoin. Um, if you're into hardcore CivDisc, you can move to Keen. There's all different flavors for every libertarian stripe. So yeah, freestateproject.org still exists, it's still a thing. You can move here and get plugged in with all the people who are living more free than you are wherever you're at. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it um, sounds great, man. Sounds great. Uh, we're going to take things over to the after hours. Um, if you want to join, hit us up at patreon.com forward slash punk rock libertarians. We also have t shirts over at libertariancountry.com. If you type in the code PRL, you'll receive a 10% discount. If you spend more than $50 and use the code PRL2, you'll receive a 20% discount. This podcast is brought to you in part from Conversations About Freedom podcast hosted by Moral Bob. Until next time, live free.
2: Or die.
4: Statism could break with the blood that is shed. Dredging the flags out the tax and bread. Was it by a at the expense of the many soldiers and cads in the machine? You can't justify killing by economic gain. For God, country and democracy, you can put freedom in God's sight in a far way. You subvert the truth that bring them home. That will the joke. We'll do the best for you And I believe that we Have the power Have the power I hate to stay And I know I'm a slave We can make a break Break the power Break the power Society of individuals Nothing more than not Interference with natural rights fully comprehends the non-aggression principle. The violence of the state becomes league!